Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. And I'm going to just be done now because Pastor Amy pretty much just preached my whole message, so thanks a lot. <laughs> Except I'm going to give you way more Bible. I know, you could have looked at my notes. You know, they are available to you. But it's okay. I love it. So um, have you noticed every generation has a way of talking? I have recently discovered the way of talking of my children's generation, and that makes me a cool dad. Um, and I'm going to inform all of you old people this morning. There are two uh, phrases, micro-phrases you might call them, that you need to be aware of to be relevant to today's youth. They are, let's go, and, uh, and send it. Thanksgiving turkey yesterday, you know, I, and I know we're of Scandinavian heritage, so we do everything slightly earlier than everyone else. Doesn't make us better, just a little bit better. But um, we, we were doing turkey, and downstairs while us adults were playing a, a, a game of domino, of whatever we were playing, I don't remember. Dominoes, is that what it was? I finished somewhere in the middle, obviously. <laughs> kind of clueless, kind of aware. But we kept on hearing these words from downstairs. Send it! Yeah, send it! Let's go! And we realized that we had to get with the times. And so if you would like help talking to your teenager, it's very, very simple. The words send it and the words let's go are universal forms of response for almost anything that can happen. So for, other, for, for instance, if I'm coming into church this morning and, and my brother in Christ here, my good friend, Ed, I have to stay in. Ed, would you come? We just got into the light. And so if you, if you were to say, hey, like, good morning, Pastor Trav, how you doing? Just, just try that. Morning, Pastor Trav. How you doing? Let's go. Yeah, and then you could say, how's the family? How's the family, buddy? Oh, send it. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're just, send it <laughs> and let's go. Oh, man, yeah, let's, let's go send it. So that's all you have to do, and you're welcome. You are now all cool. You are now all qualified to lead children in the year 2020. It's that simple, and that may or may not be helpful to you. In fact, the more I think about it, your kids are going to hate your guts for this, and probably not. But just say, Pastor Trev said, and it'll be fine. Uh, part, uh, part of our series, of course, is uh, to encompass uh, Thanksgiving, and it wasn't really hard to do in the series, Take Your Mark. I was thinking about this, you know, every athlete who has taken their mark and run their race and done their thing, you know, they all, they all actually do express gratitude. They usually stand up in front of the media afterwards, and they're, you know... They, they thank Jesus or their creator or whoever God is for them. They thank their coach. They thank their parents. And so gratitude is, is really very much a part of the process of taking your mark. Not many athletes get to the starting blocks and think that they did it all by themselves. In fact, the ones that do think that way usually lose the race. And so gratitude is a real part of our, our world. But I want, to, I want to just dig down on something with you this morning a little bit. And that is the concept of showing gratitude versus saying thank you. And there is actually a tremendous difference in those two ways of speaking, ways of being, and living our lives. There's a lot of intentionality required to live a life of gratitude. And what unfortunately we mostly see is people who are just good at saying thank you. And we're going to actually, uh, I'm going to link this to next week's message, which uh, the title of which is um, Consumer versus Contributor. Uh, so don't use that as an excuse to run away from church. Because as some of you think about it, I know you're going to think about bolting. But it's going to be worth it uh, to show up and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So we like to say thank you, and many of us are very good at that expression. We're good at teaching our children. 
say thank you. Right? And all of our little children, at least in Generation Church, they're all very good at, oh, thank you. And um, we're, we teach uh, politeness and respect for others by teaching them that little phrase. And it's all commendable, but I think it's important to deepen our understanding. Joe, Hannah, and I were talking last weekend uh, while we were on a ministry tour together. <laughs> well, we were with Josh, and he needed a lot of ministry, so that's what we were basically doing the whole time we were there. Um, and, and, and we're just ministering to creation, and, and, well, we went hunting, and it was really fun. Um, but we, we, we had this concept in a number of discussions. You know, what we want to do is just raise the water in your life by an inch sometimes. And this morning, that's what I want to deepen. I want to deepen the cistern of your reality when it comes to what gratitude could be in your life. Um, gratitude, in actuality, is a sacrifice, Gratitude, would you actually just say that with me this morning? Gratitude is a sacrifice. And I want to say this. This is going to be kind of coming across a little bit strong, but, but hear my heart in this. Gratitude is actually not gratitude unless there is sacrifice. And we're going to get into that just a little more in a few moments when we look at a Hebrew word. Uh, if you have your Bible this morning, let's go to Leviticus chapter 7. Thanks a lot, Pastor Amy. My lovely wife. Uh, but we're going to read through verses 11 all the way through verse 18. We'll put it up on the screen. Let's read together. Now, this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings. Everyone say peace offerings. Which shall be presented to the Lord if he offers it by way of thanksgiving. Then along with the sacrifice of thanksgiving, he shall offer unleavened cakes mixed with oil and unleavened wafers spread with oil. That sounds like pita bread to me. Um, and cakes of well-stirred fine flour mixed with oil. Now remember, in the context of the culture and the day, what we're talking about here is something that is extremely labor-intensive. All right? Anybody can get some rocks and smash some grain together. It's another thing to have finely stirred flour, to have finely sifted flour. Every act that we're talking about in this action of sacrifice is labor-intensive. Somebody say labor-intensive. It's labor-intensive. You know, they didn't just get to run down to Safeway to, to, uh, to have the peace offering or the Thanksgiving offering. It didn't work that Way. Now, sure, there were those who would buy those ingredients. There were those who, who, uh, who would maybe even barter or trade for them. But nonetheless, these were labors that took serious time, effort, uh, and effort to get the quality and the purity that the Lord required. Uh, so with the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving, he shall present his offering with cakes of leavened bread. So we have leavened and unleavened wafers and bread. Of this... Uh, he shall present one of every offering as a contribution to the Lord. So, in other words, one of everything that he had made, so he made a lot of these things, he brought a lot of these things to the sacrificial table, if you will, and a portion of that belonged to the priest. Okay? So this ties into the concept of first fruits, tithing, uh, giving, all of those things. But a portion, so one of each of those belonged to the priest, which is why pastors have always almost been overweight. From the beginning of like the tabernacle days, you try staying fit when everybody who comes around brings you peace offering of bread. Okay? It's not easy. It's not fair. It's, not, it's just not that easy. All right? But that's what they did. And so every, every, every one, so every example that was set out before them, one of those would be a portion for the priest. 
And it belongs specifically to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the peace offering. Now that's very important to remember because when we come into the New Testament, we leave the Old Testament liturgical system of sacrifice uh, for, for sin behind. Blood sacrifice gets left behind. We move into the New Covenant in what? In the blood of Jesus. And in the New Covenant of Jesus' blood, there is still a portion of everything that we bring that belongs to him, right? Book of Revelation talks about how we will receive crowns, but we're going to turn around and lay them down at the feet of Jesus. All right? All through this life, we're going to get to this a little deeper in a moment as well. We continually are going to offer thanks to and through Jesus. But it's important that it belong to the prince or the priest who sprinkled the blood of the peace offering. Now, as for the flesh of the sacrifice, so we had the breads, the burger buns, the hot dog buns, the pita bread, the matzah, the pizza crust, right? We had all of these kinds of breads and, and wonderful carbs, but we also have now the flesh of the sacrifice. So that would either be a fowl, a bird, or it would be a lamb, a goat, or a bull, okay, a, a calf or a cow. And for the flesh offering of this, of his thanksgiving peace offerings. Now let's just say this together. His thanksgiving peace offering. His thanksgiving peace offerings. Pastor Amy just alluded to this. Well, no, she preached on it for five minutes, actually. That peace and thanksgiving are entirely tied together. So let me just give you a free one this morning. If you are having a difficult time in your life walking in peace, it's probably because you're not walking in thanksgiving. Test it for yourself. Tell me I'm wrong. See, something happens to the heart of a human being when we begin to truly example, express, show gratitude. Even saying the word thank you can change our whole outlook in a moment. These are powerful words, powerful expressions of who God created us to be in his image. So for the flesh offering of his thanksgiving peace offerings, it shall be eaten on the day of his offering. He shall not leave any of it over until morning. But if the sacrifice of his offering is a votive or a free will offering, it shall be eaten on the day that he offers his sacrifice, and on the next day what is left of it may be eaten. But what is left over from the flesh of the sacrifice on the third day shall be burned with fire. So if any of the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings should ever be eaten on the third day, he who offers it will not be accepted, and it will not be reckoned to his benefit. It shall be an offensive thing, and the person who eats of it will bear his own iniquity. And iniquity is the sin of our mind. Whoa, I know. So glad you're with me. So here's some first things for you right now. The offering of thanksgiving and the offering in peace for this case, of course, are tied tightly together. I'm saying that again because it's worth saying again. Thanksgiving and peace walk hand in hand all through the scriptures. It's like God is trying to speak to us about something, guys. Send it. Let's go. You may have figured this out already, but peace in your life will always be connected to your thankfulness in life. Maybe now is a good time to talk about this Hebrew word for, uh, for, for the giving of thanks, gratitude. And the word is tudah. If you want to speak a Hebrew word today, say tudah. Kind of like tada, but tudah. All right. Uh, and, it, and here's what tudah means properly an extension of the hand. 
Now, I'm going to go through the rest of it, but I'm going to come back to tie the un-untieable knot. Double negative. You can't untie this knot once we've tied it. So the word to daw properly an extension of the hand by implication a vowel or adoration. Now, specifically, a choir of worshipers. Confession, sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving, offering. And then that word is translated throughout the Old Testament as choir, choirs, confession, hymns of thanksgiving, praise, sacrifices of thanksgiving, thank offering, thank offerings, or thanksgiving. So for those of you who have a problem singing in church, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I mean, I, I get it. It must be hard for you. Because biblically, the giving of thanks is almost synonymous with lifting your voice. Now, remember I said a few moments ago, there's a tremendous difference between saying thank you and showing gratitude. I want to come back to that word to daw properly, an extension of the hand. What do you suppose that implicates for us this morning? If thankfulness is an extension of your hand, is there any other logic that you can apply to it than to come along with me on this little fun journey? And is not the logical end of this statement that if it is, if it is properly an extension of your hand, then that would mean that thank you to daw is done in deed, not just in words. It's, it's as if by the extension of your hand. It is, and it is quite literally, it is an offering. It is the picking up of something, bringing it to the point, to the place of sacrifice, and laying it down. You had to carry your sacrifice in a sack or wrapped up in linen to the tabernacle, to the priests, to the temple. And you had, to, you had to carry the weight of that sacrifice. It had to cost you something. There was labor involved in the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of peace. You carried it and you laid it down. And a portion of that was for the priest, at least the bread. I want to just, if you can get your head around this with me. Has anyone here ever tried to eat a whole cow? Anybody, I mean, I feel like I have tried. Back in my college days, I invented, and yes, I invented, something called meat salad. And meat salad is basically just all the meats that you can afford to buy and put all together into a sort of salad. So you got your chicken, your shrimp, your beef, your pork. I don't know, I, would, I probably never afforded lamb. But I mean, tur turkey, bologna, sausage, spam, whatever. You just meat salad that sucker, and you, and you let's go. You let's go and send it. You send it right to your, right to your belly. I just want to connect with you, teens. Teens, my sons especially, I want to connect with you. I love you boys. All right, send it. Send it, son. Send that love. Let's go. Send it. All right. Okay, can you imagine having to eat a whole cow? Of course you can't actually imagine. If you do imagine, you're going to throw up, right? I mean, we ate yesterday with my family a 38-pound turkey. Someone say, praise Jesus. Oh, 38 pounds of, of delicious, Hanson farm-raised, grass-fed turkey that's been in the freezer for well over a year and still tasted delicious. Oh, it's so good. I got to tell you. Okay, there was, how, mom, mom, how many of us were there yesterday? 
16 human beings, all of which eat like, I was going to say pigs, but let's say horses. I mean, we put away the fiber, we put away the protein, we put away the carbs. I mean, my blood sugar monitor is not like me today. It's, it's flashing yellow and orange things at me, red, um, bad, it's not good. We only ate half that turkey. And we were stuffed, we were, we were full, we were done. We ate half that turkey. Why do I share this with you? Because it's important for us to understand this, this, this reality that I hope in Generations Church, we have come to the place where we just expected it every turn. Everything that we do with giving thanks, everything that we do with praising God, everything that we do with bringing our sacrifices is all done, always done, in the context of a community. You see, you didn't just bring your whole cow and then eat just a little bit of it, and then after you had to just burn it all, that's not the way it worked. The priest got some, your family got some, your neighbors got some. You see, every single, every single act of sacrifice in the Old Testament is set up around a festival or celebration. Now, there are exceptions to this where there are solitary sacrifices. That's true. Specifically for sin, there are some solitary sacrifices that are offered throughout Scripture. But by and large, the offering of thanksgiving was done in a public way. Why? Because it was a big sacrifice. Why was it a big sacrifice? Because he's the God of the people whom he delivered from Egypt. He's worthy of big praise. He's worthy of large thanksgiving. He's worthy of huge gratitude because he has done great things. And you see, when we bring our sacrifice of peace, our sacrifice of praise to the altar, we always need to remember that it belongs in the context of relationship with other people who are also expressing their gratitude to God. Now, if this is too deep for you, I'm sorry. Just spend a week on it and let the Holy Spirit kind of let you soak in it for a while because there is so much truth in this little passage of Scripture that if you can pull the principle out by the Holy Spirit, will change the way you think about how you do life. You don't have to eat the whole cow plus cakes and breads. you got to give some to the priest. Now, what about the part it says here where... If, if you were forced, now that's, that's me adding a word. I realize that. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the Scripture say what I need you to hear it say because it is what it's trying to say. If you had to bring a peace offering, if by the law you were required to bring a peace or a thanksgiving offering, which happened, because there were festivals where it was due, it was time to make your Sacrifice. God wanted to habituate his people with an attitude and a, a liturgy, an action of giving thanks and being at peace, right? So if that happened and you didn't eat it all the first day, you got to burn that stuff. You, you offer the rest of it up by fire. But if it was a free will offering, you got the extra day for leftovers. And everybody who likes turkey buns the day after Thanksgiving could say Amen. Because we all know that turkey buns the day after Thanksgiving are at least as good. Oh, preach. Preach it. I think they might be better too. Just don't tell everybody. Send it. See, if it's a free will, God says, hey, you can have a little more time to enjoy it in what? Well, in his presence. 
See, wherever we choose to linger in peace, wherever we choose to linger in gratitude, the Lord is willing to linger with us. And then some of you are going to say, well, that only one day in the presence of God, I want more. That's not a problem for you. I think that I understand this clearly as I've read this scripture. The process of gratitude needs to take place in a limited amount of time. Otherwise, you and I could stay on the same thing forever. But you see, the problem would be that God has done so much more than one thing for you. And so the idea here in continually giving thanks or continually living in peace is is that we encounter these realities in our lives. As we encounter the goodness of God, we recognize it, we realize it, we embrace it, we process it, we offer thanks, and we move on to the next great thing that he's going to do for us. Because habitually what we like to do is sit in one spot forever. Some of y'all would be 95 years old and going back to your wife one day saying, sweetheart, Bring me that message Pastor Travis preached in 2020. It was so good. Okay, none of you are really going to do that, I know. But maybe there was some blessing that you really liked. Like maybe you're a child of the Jesus people generation, which actually technically I am a child of that, I think. I was born in 78. Yep, that makes me a child of that. Uh, But let's say you were a Jesus person and you just, you know, we just don't do church right for you. We don't, we, don't, we don't play enough of the old stuff. We don't play no Keith Green. See, we would get stuck in past gratitudes. And we would stay living in the past if God didn't create a boundary for us. So we offer thanks. We celebrate it in his presence. We're filled with gratitude for what he's done. And then it closes down because he is not done doing good for us. And then what happens? Well, then we move on into the next great thing that God has done. Where what happens? All right. We recognize it. We embrace it. We live in it. We realize his presence. We trust him even more. We give thanks for it. We celebrate in his presence with him. And then we bring it to a close so that we can move on to the next thing that God's going to do that's so great and wonderful and worthy of praise. Do you catch what I'm saying? Let's go. Send it. Send it. Send it. Let's go. That process of gratitude in a limited amount of time might be one of the most valuable things you could come inten- become intentional about today. Um, we often as human beings make statements that we, we do mean at the time, but then we never come back to them and say them again. Maybe, maybe you had a great uncle, because I surely had several of them, who said things like, I told my wife when I married her on the day I married her that I loved her. And that if it was ever going to change, I'd let her know. (laughs) That's kind of how they did it, for real. It was like the two old guys from the Muppets. Um, They were joking, I hope. I I hope they were joking, because if they weren't, they weren't treating their wives very well, and now that they're in heaven with Jesus, they will know better. Uh, I'm pretty sure. It's not good enough for us just to say, hey, Jesus, thank you for the cross and move on with our life. We thank him for the cross, and then we're going to move on to the next thing that he is deserving gratitude for. There's a time for everything under heaven. Talk to me today, if you want to, about the optics of a Christian who says thank you to Jesus for the cross one time in their life and never says it again. What are the optics of that? Think about that for a second. 
Yell something out if you feel so inclined. A Christian who says thanks, Jesus, one time in their entire life, never closes it, never moves on from it, what's the word that comes to your mind? Well, since none of you are brave enough to say it, I will. Ungrateful. That's a lack of gratitude that is ungrateful. Now, I say that fully recognizing this morning that might be you. You might be in that place, but thank God you don't have to stay in that place. You don't have to stay that. None of us have to be the person that we walked into this room this morning were when we leave. We can all be changed in his presence. We can all be filled with gratitude for this moment that he is doing amazing things in our world. This is the greatest time to be alive in the earth. The church is being pressed in North America and it's about time. And good things are going to come out of it. New wine is going to flow out of the wine press. We need to begin and end thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of times in our life with the start and stop of gratitude. Oh, I'm just always thankful, Pastor. That may be, but show me. Not for my sake. Show me that you're thankful. Show me that you're thankful. Show him gratitude as if by an extension of your hand. I want you to know that you actually can't live in gratitude without Jesus. Human beings cannot truly live in thanksgiving, in gratitude, without Jesus. I'm going to prove it to you. In the New Testament, it absolutely amazes me how many times the giving of thanks comes either through Jesus or in Jesus. And I'm just going to throw a few verses at you to prove my point. And, and yes, there are times when that is not specifically what is said. But Romans 1.8 says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. Apostle Paul writes in Romans, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Hebrews 13, 50, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Hebrews 13, 50, through him then let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. And what is the sacrifice of praise? It's the fruit of our lips giving thanks. The offering of thanksgiving. Coinciding, of course, with da, where it's translated, it's literally, guys, it's translated as choir. I, I can't figure that one out. Thank you. And also choir. It's kind of like how our kids talk these days. Send it. Let's go. Two totally different random things that should have nothing to do with each other, but they do. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in 
Christ Jesus. The giving of thanks is in Jesus. Romans chapter 7, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you, God, through Jesus. Is it? i I, got to draw it back to the verses we just read in Leviticus, where where the offering of peace, the offering of thanksgiving came, and the portion of it went to the priest specifically who sprinkled the blood on the sacrifice, or sprinkled the blood, sorry, of the sacrifice on the horns of the altar, on the implements of atonement. See, Jesus is that high priest. And it's not the blood of our sacrifice anymore, but he who is the sacrifice whose blood was sprinkled for us. So when we read, give thanks, let this gratitude flow through Jesus, please understand, it has to be this way because it fulfills the Old Testament. It fulfills the old law in the new covenant of Jesus' blood. It's so important for us to understand this. It's amazing to me that when Martin Frobisher, which was the first officially recorded Thanksgiving celebration in Canada, I believe it was the year 1587, 1597, we're about 40-some years ahead of the Americans, by the way, with Plymouth Rock and and Turkey and all that. Um, But the way they did that, and and history is a little fuzzy, they don't know if they were on the boat or if they got off onto the land in, I think it was Nunavut, they say, somewhere in there. But you know how they celebrated it? They had communion. They, they celebrated, they gave thanks, really as a foundation to the nation of Canada, by celebrating the shed blood of Jesus and breaking bread together. Just a, Guys, it's just, these things are not accidental. They are tied deeply to the richness of the Word of God. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God our Father. Can I just, I'm going to say something that's really strong in this, in this moment, but after preparing this message, thinking on the scriptures, I've kind of come to this conclusion and I'm not saying I'm married to this conclusion forever or I'm trying to over-doctrinalize it. But will you just let me say, I'm not so sure that we can truly express gratitude to God at all unless we do it specifically through Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that if some person who is separated from God by their sin, in other words, they have, they're not a follower of Jesus, I'm not saying that God doesn't hear their prayer or appreciate gratitude when they show it. But what I do see in Scripture is for those of us who are followers of Christ, man, when we bring thanks to God, we better realize always that we are coming through the person of Jesus Christ to offer that sacrifice to Him. Because it is because of Jesus. Because it is because of. I realize how many times I said because. Because of Jesus. Because of His work at the cross. It is the means by which we can come to the Father. It's the only way. And there are many, many ways to Jesus, but only one way to the Father. I just want to boil this down to one thing for you to take away, I guess. 
So my point as I end is this. Take your mark today, and why don't you try to start a new way of being thankful? Let's, let's just all start fresh today. And I know I'm going to say that like a hundred more times in the, in the future of Generations Church, but it's still going to matter because a moment needs to begin, live, be lived in, and closed so that we can move to the next one. Take your mark today. Start a new way, an intentional way of giving thanks through Jesus. The Old Testament had its methods for showing God that we were thankful. It had methods for showing God that we were thankful. And the New Testament is the complete and perfect fulfillment of all of those. See, we got to show gratitude, not just say it. It's not enough to just say, well, the Apostle Paul was continually thankful for people, so I am also continually thankful for people. Well, then who? Name them. Because every name that you name is the beginning, the moment, and the end, in which God is going to do something amazing. Like, I mean, really, guys, are we going to be satisfied with just a blanket of gratitude? for one long moment when we could enjoy literally billions of moments of the goodness of God. When you're beat up, when you're down, when you don't have what it takes to go on, when you don't have a song to sing, when you don't have the words to say, start with a heart of thanksgiving. A choice. Pretty crappy in my world right now, but I am thankful for these things. Da is by the extension of your hand, by your deeds, not just your words. Don't just say it. Don't just say thank you, Lord. Sing it. Sing thank you, Lord. Dress it up with a little poetry if you can't hold a tune. Go and do a good work. Because who knows, maybe you're going to be doing the good work that God prepared for you beforehand. That's how we show gratitude. And today, I hope that you will change your perception, change your direction maybe even, to begin to show gratitude. Declare it. Declare the goodness of God. Tell others about the goodness of God. In this, you are doing something with thanksgiving. You are carrying a sacrifice and you are laying it down at the feet of Jesus. I want to pray for you this morning as we close. Holy Spirit, we come before you in all that we are, our brokenness, the parts of us that are being reformed and made more like Jesus, the good, the bad, the best, the worst. And Holy Spirit, this morning we ask this question, what, what is it that you would say to us specifically? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with what we've heard today from the Word of God? Would you speak to us now, Lord? Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.